Hi, Greg. And Christina, yes, welcome to Go For Side Effects. All right, first, let's start off by telling everybody what branch of service you were in, the years you, you were in, and whereabouts you were at during the Gulf War. Yes, sir. I was in the only branch. The rest are twigs. No, I was in the <laughs> Marine. <laughs> I was in the Marine Corps, 87 to 91. Um, I was with 1st Marine Division, 1st FSSG. I was a 4th Echelon Diesel Mechanic. And I went to Saudi Arabia on August 8th of 90 and was there through April, I think, the 14th of 91. So I did both Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Was uh, primarily stationed at the Port of Jubal, but we ran vehicle recovery out of there. We was the fourth echelon maintenance shop. Okay, so when you were over there and everything that we talked earlier about, which we're going to go more into detail here, so, when you were over there at that time, were you around the burn pits, the oil rig fires? What, which ones were you around, or all of them? Um, so, we had our burn pits. Uh, I was not in close proximity um, to the oil so we fires, but we, were, uh, we would take uh, work orders and go out into the desert field to fix trucks, oil oil tanks, or whatever. So, I was all over within about a three-hour Desert uh, field, I guess a half radius of the port of Jubal. Uh, so I was uh, all over within about a three hour. <clears throat> so I, uh, you know, I, field, I guess a half radius of the port of Jubal. Uh, most of my time was there in between Jubal and, and Kuwait. Okay. So with a lot of problems that the veterans are having, let's kind of go a little bit over that with, with you. And when did you start first experiencing the problems? I was first hospitalized. I don't remember uh, the month. I think it was August of 91. Okay. Uh, I got, uh, I just, as soon as we rotated back, as soon as I came back to the States, I only had like 30 days left. Um, I got out, I came down here to Texas I uh, went to work for Hertz Equipment Rental, and I hadn't been there very long, and I got sick. I uh, started getting these horrible headaches. Um, my teeth got loose, uh, and I'd called in work to about for a week, and my parents came to my little place to check up on me and carried me to the hospital here in Longview, Texas. Um, and I was in there for 12 days, and they, I think 12, and they transferred me to uh, – the VA Medical Center in Shreveport, Louisiana, and everything was undiagnosed. Still undiagnosed. Is it still today undiagnosed? Um, today, the only thing I have, well, I say the only thing, what I have undiagnosed are uh, spots in both lungs, both kidneys, my left hip, and 14 lymph nodes in my upper lymph node system. Uh, they called it sarcoidosis for about since 2018 and about six months ago. I got a new rheumatologist and they're now calling it it's undiagnosed. Oh, it's man. not sarcoidosis. Are you kidding me? <clears throat> no, sir. Shit. Yes, sir. Yeah. But, but it's, be it's better than what it was when they first told us about that. They told us it was all cancer. Yes. 
that all those spots, both lungs, both kidneys, everything was cancer and that I had weeks to months to live. And uh, the doctor told him he didn't need an oncologist. He needed to have a long talk with his family. And we, we came home and, you know, I prepared to die, gave rifles away, uh, made all the phone calls and was just like, all right, well, I'm dying. And we were married for six months at that time. Really? Yes, sir. And when when was that? What year? Around what? what well, you better know this year, by the way. <laughs> it was September of 2018. <laughs> I wasn't trying to put you on the spot, but <laughs> you uh, said six exactly months. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, you know, when uh, when I started having issues, mine was while I was in. That's where I was fortunate compared to most people, which, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, how are you fortunate? Uh, you know, because it was all on record. So all, all the bleeding, even though they didn't find anything, at least I had it on record. And right. they, they kept saying, oh, it's GERD. GERD's the reason why you're, you know, peeing, pooping, and have it coming out your nose and your ears. You know, that that's exactly... The only thing that they kept saying. But I'll tell you what caught my eye the, the most. And I want to know this for you. Back in the 90s, did you ever go to the VA and saw how it was then compared to 2018? Yes, sir. It was terrible, wasn't it? How they treated the, the, the vets. Well, they still treat the vets horrible at some VAs apparently. But that place was a dungeon back in 91. It was everything was painted battleship gray, and it was, you know, no ambient light. It was it was a horrible place to wake up to. I was transferred by ambulance from we're about an hour from the Shreveport. What's the name? Overton Burks VA, and uh, I was transported by ambulance and woke up the next morning in this gray room by myself, completely different than where, you know, my last memories and was like what the hell and uh that place was horrible but it's still horrible it's not any better they painted the walls but it is horrible over there horrible yeah i, I remember houston when i went there i i wouldn't let my wife back then there's no way i would have let them go i mean i want to care if they said you got three months i've been like hey i'll stay there y'all you know there ain't no point of going because i mean i i remember walking in there and people were screaming for help and they just walked right past yeah. them Yes. Yeah, we had. Yes. Uh, I mean, it break your heart. Other dudes, uh, there was, a, I don't know, two or three doors down from us. Every time you went down the hall and all day long and all night long, you hear this man just going, help me. Someone help me. Yes. It, I mean, it was horrible. Yeah. So they want to, instead of putting more money into the facilities and the, the research and, uh, you know, to help the veterans. You know, because we're using a lot of outside sources now for research, which uh, I'll, I'll get into that with somebody uh, another time with, with Denise. But I don't know why the government doesn't fund us. I mean, you can cross the border and get separated from your family, 450000 But hey, yes, your loved one can be separated from the military and away from you and pass away. You, what, you get a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred, if that, and you can prove it, and you've 
Right. Dotted all the I's and all the T's and played their bureaucratic bullshit that they had. Exactly. And that's what needs to stop. Yes, sir. All that needs to stop. I know, like, have you done any of the researches that are out? Since the early 90s, sir. Okay. Uh, They're starting to come out with more research for us veterans. And that's that's the one thing that, I I mean, to me, I'll tell you, 2016, I lost my insurance to Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I got a phone call. They're like, hey, we're dropping you. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, you're under Obamacare. But I said, okay, who's my insurance? They're like, the VA. I went, oh, hell no. I begged them. I was like, look, I'll, I'll double payment. I'll do this. Just don't put me with the VA. Well, I, I had to go with the VA. It wasn't a choice. It was mandated. And uh, I went in, and the facility totally changed. Now, Houston facility, because I believe you're talking about, was it Dallas, right? No, Shreveport, Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport, Louisiana at that time. And I, I, I tell you what, it was a huge difference. The valet parking, they had this. And they, they had all this stuff that was totally different than what it was. And I can literally say my experience from the start till now is 100% better, if not 500% better. But all VA systems need to work the same. Yes. Not, not just one or two or 50 or all of them. They're in every major city, there needs to be a VA hospital. In every county, there needs to be a, a VA clinic. And they need to allow us instead of saying, well, if you can't get into your doctor for 30 days, why don't they give us an insurance card to let us go to an outside doctor to begin with? Right. And they started that recently. 2019, I think Trump signed something in to where we get out in town care because I'm 75 miles from the Shreveport VA. Right. So, and you got to have a hospital in your area, blah, blah, blah. But they sent, they've sent us out to town to several. I've gone to some pulmonologists, um, a skin doctor, blah, blah, blah. Well, if those outside sources don't follow, everything to a T on their paperwork, the VA won't pay their bills. And I've had three times creditors um, call me and put stuff on my freaking credit that the VA didn't pay because the lady didn't put their date correctly. You know, she didn't, she just wrote 20 and wrote 19 instead of 2019 or whatever reason. And they kick it back and don't pay them. Yeah. So, it's the same. It's the same, you know. It's still a government-ran entity that screws about everything up that they do. Right. If they don't pay those outside doctors, those guys don't want to see us. And and also want, you know, before we get a little bit more, because it, we're, we're going to be going over quite a bit of stuff, me and you. I mean, I know you got a lot more to say, but I want to oh. I, I want to welcome everybody to the program, and I want to tell y'all Happy Veterans Day and Happy Veterans yeah. Day to you. Yeah. And the spouses, because y'all got to put up with our little asses. <laughs> and I know we can be pain in the butts, but from us, uh, all of us, uh, especially yeah. mar- Marines. And I know there's a lot of Marines going to get on here and say, you know, what they got to say, because I'm a Navy guy, but it don't matter. But I want to ask her a question. And, and No, this is a really good question. 
I haven't okay. really talked to a spouse that is dealing with their husband who was in the service of everything going on. How does it make you feel? How, how do you handle it? I feel helpless. There's nothing I can do to make him better. There's nothing I can do to encourage the doctors to listen to him, the nurses to respond to what he's saying. Um, it's difficult. It, it, it is. And, and it's tough. I, I mean, I know like they told me uh, they did an EKG on me and said, I, you know, I had an abnormal something with my heart. I had to rush down to downtown Houston. And my wife went with me and she's in a nursing program. So she knows a whole lot more about this stuff. But it's scary. It's scary not knowing. And then with being misdiagnosed is even scarier. And, and it makes you angry. It's like, oh, well, you should just accept the good news. No, I want to know what the hell is wrong with my spouse. I want to. And I, from looking at both of y'all, I, I, I bet you she can yell pretty good if she gets upset about you. I, I may make her upset. <laughs> <laughs> Once a year. Okay. And, yeah. and, and I know they got the... Uh, Community Care Mission Act out there. That's that's what the program you you were talking about. But we shouldn't have to wait thirty days. It I, we just shouldn't. I'd take thirty days. I have been in the last year. I started in July, um, trying to get in to see just our a clinic, a, a primary care physician. Uh, I have it. I have all the. I started doing it on messages, and I'm not good on electronics. And I sent the VA our clinic a message. Said, I need to get in. I have not seen a doctor in over a year, and I'm post cancer. Have all this crap in my lungs and everything. They reply, unfortunately, we can't get you in until October. This was in July, and I said, well, that's a no can do. Um, I have a lot of health issues continuing to go on, and I need to see somebody before then. Right. Send me to that. Send me to the out in town doctor. Never happened. And the the lady's reply was like, um, I, I have a screenshots of everything on my phone. The lady's reply was like, I'm sorry, Mr. Wilson, we can't get you in until October. I will check with the out in town people, whoever they are. And I said, please do, because uh, I need to get into a doctor. It never happened. They never got back with me. Never sent me to out of town. And I waited till I think October 18th of this year to go see a primary care physician. And it's she's it, when I went in there, I lodged that complaint with her. She said, well, I'll, I'll get you out of town. And she said, we'll get you a sleep study and all this. This was yeah. October, mid, mid October. I still haven't got any or now November, whatever, 11th. All right. I, I, can, I, I can help both y'all with this. There, okay. This is a very easy solution. The first thing that you need to do is get on the website, myhealthvet.com, okay? Get on yes, there, send an email that way, a message. Include everybody in it. Tell them you want to go see an outside doctor because you cannot get in, okay? And you tag at each one of the health community places that we have, the VA clinics, the little, the little clinics, they have in there... A somebody that oversees all that stuff. And so when you're clicking onto it, and I will show everybody how easy 
I, I will show everybody. I'm pulling out my phone right now. Yes, sir. It, I'd love to see. Yes, and it 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 worked so great because this is what I had to do, and I got so mad. I got well, I got so angry and I got so upset that I couldn't get in. I went to every time I went there, they wouldn't even put anything in, in your charts as far as diagnosis. They treat you. They don't put it, your diagnosis in, in your problems list. That is the biggest problem yep. the veterans are having to today. Yep. So what I did is I went to my congressman. Been I there, walked in. Uh, they now have inside there a VA, um, a, a VA rep. For us now and you tell them what's going on you tell them everything and you say you know what i want i want to be seen i wanted this and let me tell you they'll get right on the phone especially since election time's coming up and i mean i i tell you i went to kevin brady's office and i was so pissed off about that i was like this isn't fair i you know i didn't ask for this insurance y'all gave it to me and so what you do so we're going to get to the messages. You click on the messages and you go down and let's say I want to write my doctor, which I won't say her name because I don't want to get in trouble with her. Right. And I, I want to uh, write her back and she's not answering me. So when you go in there and you press reply, it's going to go down. It's going to say message to who? And right on top Right on top, you're going to have everybody who is in that group with you. You're going to have your uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly what they call them, but they're going to be your top group. It's, it's everybody that is in your team. Everybody. And you message everybody, it is, it's in there. It says, do your whole pack of your team. You, you but it's put, only on my healthy vet? It's on my healthy vet. And, and, okay. But it also goes into your records at the VA that shows you were looking at it. So all your, they have a representative that literally it will be in that pack and look at it and say, well, why is it? This person being seen. Why isn't this person getting this? Your healthcare provider is the only one that can allow you to go outside for community health. A lot of people don't know that. You have to ask your provider. And your provider should say yes. If your provider says no, you go above their head. You start calling the head people at the VA. And I will tell you, you will get an answer. And I Really? Yes, I'll help you with that. I will. I will help you with that. Uh, matter Please. of fact, um, so technically challenged. Hey, I, I, I'm technically challenged. You saw I couldn't set this up, <laughs> but I've learned it. And but I learned it through uh, Conroe, that at the VA clinic. And I, I mean, my doctors have been fantastic. They listen to me now, but I also uh, will tell you. That on the My Health event, you can upload all your message, all your messages, all your documents, every bit of it. Have y'all been 
on that website? I had my healthy vet for a while, I believe. Um, you know, back a couple of years ago, they said, even on travel pay, they said, oh, you got to do it on your phone, got to do it on your phone. They screwed me out of 12 trips going over there. They just denied them. Um, but the the only thing I have downloaded on my phone now is va.gov. Okay. That, that, that's great too. I, I mean, I, I honestly will say that that's great, but you need to get back on there, get your password, get back into that. That's got to be your first thing you do. So let's say this coming up Monday in the evening, you get it up. You're going to call me and we're going to do it step by step. And I'm going to show you how to do it. And if, yes, there's, if there's any veteran out there that needs help with the My Healthy Vet and all that stuff, hey, y'all got my email. You all got my phone number. I put it all out there for everybody. That's how serious I am about the Desert Storm Vets or any veteran that needs help. I want to help them. Good and, for you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, no. You, you're welcome. Hey, we all deserve it. Every veteran out there deserves to have their voice heard, medical care, I mean, every veteran deserves what they fought for. Their freedoms, their rights under the Constitution. I mean, that's, that's what makes this country so great. And, and um, there's a gentleman on here, too, that you'll be able to go back and look at the comments because I'm not going to take this down. His name is John on here, and he'll say he'll help you, you too. There's a young lady on here named Denise Nichols. She can help you. Did you I get it? Uh, right. Have you talked to Jimmy? I've not spoken to anybody named Jimmy that I'm aware of. That I sent you the message about? Oh, no, I never did. He oh. called me. I was in the VA yesterday. In fact, he called me, and my cognitive skills are also failing. I have forgot to call him back till you just said that. Right. Well, we're definitely going to get you a hold with him and all that, and he'll help you through the process, too. All Everybody's going to help. Y'all aren't going to be alone in this anymore. Thank you. You're, you're, you're welcome. And I mean, it, it's frustrating. It's a pain in the butt. My, my latest claim uh, is 450 days old. I've, the congressman, I've, the Texas Veterans Commission, I've used all of them. And it's just been it's on stalemate. And all they keep saying, all the VA keeps telling me is, we're waiting on your records. Well, I've given them all. I have my SRB all my medical records, everything. And I've get, provided copies. Well, they've waited a year. We haven't heard from the Marine Corps. COVID, COVID, COVID. But I'm 450 days on my latest stuff. We are this close to filing bankruptcy. Waiting on them yahoos to just give me an answer. Okay. Now, 1-800-827-1000. On there, it's going to give you an option on there. To ask about your claim. And I, I've called them and I said, you know, what's the holdup? What, what's taking so long? Now, did you say you used a representative or did y'all try to file it on your own? Um, I used the local veteran service officer, which was an absolute joke. Um, then I switched to uh, disabled American veterans. It was a little bit better. Not much. I finally switched to Texas Veterans Commission um, and everything. I, I've actually met a lady. I believe she's in Conroe. 
I met her online. We started uh, Helping Heroes of East Texas Facebook group, and she got on there. She was the first person that really helped me about Is her four name months Kay ago. Or Catherine? That doesn't sound correct. Okay. I would have to look. I can't remember any right. names anymore. Well, uh, see, I tell everybody, you know, the Texas Commission, the uh, VSO, our VSO and Conroe are, are awesome. Thank, thank goodness. The other thing, too, go to the American Legion. VFW. I, I won't even return my fall. call. The are VFW. Our, our local yeah. VFW, I got a hold of them, which I'm a lifetime member, and I used to be uh, 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 the junior vice commander out there years ago. Now, I haven't been acting quite some time. <clears throat> I text him, and his first reply was very smart-ass. I mean, I wanted to go throttle this dude. Um, but they sent, They said, oh, you need to speak with this guy. And I'm not going to say his name, but they sent this guy. We hooked up on the phone. He came out here to my place, and we sat out here for two hours. He had his notebook. He left with my Social Security number, all my information. Um, I never heard back from him. And that's when I started reaching out to the DAV and I went up to a DAV meeting and this dude was there. And I'm like, he said, you look familiar. And I said, well, I should. You sat in my house, talked to me for two hours. Well, what's going on with my stuff? And he goes, oh, well, I'm not a veteran service officer. I'm trying to get in. I got to go to the class. Um, and when I get that stuff, I'll help you. And I'm like, and you freaking left with my social security number. The, you could have left with that. Nah, I would have been mad. Our VFW gave you this flake that's he's not a flake, he's a nice guy, and he's doing all he can. But he represented they, the VFW and him represented himself as a veteran service officer. He can't even log in and help me. I still ain't heard from him to this day. The American Legion, of course, everything is because of COVID. They're closed, they're closed, they're closed. They won't even call you back. Wow. I spoke with I spoke with the he told me his, he was the third district commander, something with the American Legion, six months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say his name. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll call you back. I ain't heard a peep from him. Nothing. nothing. Not from him. But I emailed Crenshaw. I've emailed Cruz's office multiple times. And finally, Louis Gomert's office in the last three or four months because that lady in Conroe, um, they've done two or three congressional inquiries on my case or something. But our, our local, all of these American Legion, VFW, I, I don't know what the deal is, but the, there's no help wow. there. Wow, that is crazy. So what crazy. we're going to do, uh, on Monday, we're both going to sit down, all of us, all three of us will get out a pen and paper and we're going to go over some stuff. And it, I'm, I'm going to help y'all out on Monday. And okay. I mean, just text me a good time to call and everything. And, and, and we'll in the morning, I, I, I have to be somewhere. But afternoon on, I'm going to be free. Now, let's talk about what all you're so far co connected and that you're trying to be connected with. Okay. So far in 2019. So the, my first, my first, very first filed in 1992. Um, now that was all paper, you know, instead of electronic. And 
but I filed for irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and I didn't, I, I filed for chronic, they didn't even use that term back then. I cried for, filed for chronic uh, diarrhea, headaches, dizziness, um, always tired. Um, my left knee, whatever, but that has nothing to do with Gulf War. Um, and if I fought it, I fought that stuff all the way till 1997. And I went to an adjudication board in Waco and they pissed me off so bad. I shot them a one finger salute and walked out the door and told them to kiss my ass. I haven't been back to a doctor until I got married. And my wife's like, are you serious? You haven't been to a doctor in 20 years. I'm like, Nope. Uh, and we went to, we had, uh, I just bought a feed store, a local feed store in, uh, in 2015 and could never afford insurance. Uh, you know, I made a gamble, cashed out my 401k and did what I had to do, bought a feed store, um, and could not afford insurance. And she comes along and says, you ain't been to a doctor in 20 years. You need to go to a doctor. The only option I had was to go to the VA, which it was a blessing. She was encouraging because the first time I went, uh, I told him about irritable bowel syndrome, um, and they asked if I'd had a whatever scope colonoscopy. colonoscopy. And they did that and found the cancer immediately. So it was a it was a blessing how it all worked out. Um, but I'm currently filed for I'm 60% connected for chronic fatigue syndrome, which happened in 2019. And they gave me 10%. No, they gave me service connected sinusitis, but no. Yeah, zero is connected. Um, and that's it. The, everything else that I've had filed on this last go around is uh, cancer, sarcoidosis. Uh, there's eight items. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Headaches. Psoriatic. I have psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis. Mm-hmm. IBS. Um, Did you refile for your yeah. IBS? Okay, good. Yes. Good. And it's, that, that's the. This eight bulletin point, this eight claims that I have is what's 450 days old. Yeah, Plus, yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's what, you know, when COVID started, that, that took mine a long time too. But I kept calling. I called the 1-800 number and talked to them. Oh, warm up. Uh, yes. Yeah, because, I mean, you, I mean, and then they send you all off. And, and for people who are on this program that, have never been to the VA or is wanting to learn a little bit more about how the VA works. You, you have two systems of the VA and it's true. You have one that are the doctor's side. Then the other side is your claim side. Then what they do is they send you, once you file a claim, you go in and they send you to either LHI or VES. And I, I don't like VES. I, 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 straight up. I cannot stand VES. Because when I went in there, the guy's on the keyboard. And all he's doing is typing. That's all, that's all he's doing. Hey. And he's like, man, I'm going to get you connected for this. I'm going to get you connected for that. Never did one exam. Then I get a denial letter. Because he wrote down, did an exam and did nothing. So I recorded his sorry ass. And I took that to the VA. And I let them know, look, this is what they're doing to your veterans. 
And they were like, uh, so they sent me over to LHI. And LHI did a full workup and did exactly what they were supposed to. And so that, and, and, and it angers me because it's like they put all this stuff down a presumptive and it's in your file. As long as you got it in your file, you should be approved. And, but then they turn around and say, not denied. Because you go one time to a guy that doesn't know who in the hell you are or doesn't look at your, your file. And they automatically say, done, over with, out. And so I got pissed. And I'm, it, yeah, it, it's frustrating. But we're all family. Family of veterans, family of veteran spouses. We're all here to help each other. And that's what we're going to start doing. That's what everybody needs to get together, start working together, so we don't end up as the Vietnam vets do. Most, yes, of, the most of the Vietnam veterans died off before they acknowledged what Agent Orange did. Well, we're not going to sit back and wait until we're 70 years old. We can't walk or fight or argue anymore. Our spouses are so frustrated, they don't know what to do. They got to go get second jobs. You, you know, and, and there's... To, to me, there's no such thing as a cure, it seems like. Every time I go in there, it's like I've asked them, hey, is there any way you can try this method? There's a lady in Florida, outside doctor, that literally injects B12 into the feet of people who have neuropathy. Because I have IBS, which, I, I, you know, like I said, I was bleeding everything. I, I IBS, uh, GERD. Um, digestive disorders. This is all while I was in. Then all of a sudden I ended up having neuropathy and my feet burned so bad. It took a year to get in to, to see my doctor a year. I could barely walk. I didn't know what I was going to do. And they did a neuropathy test. I don't know if you ever had one of them, but the hell I'm never doing that again. They shock you three times going from your head to your freaking toes then they take a long-ass needle and just start shoving it in or twisting. And this guy's like, you got one of the worst cases of neuropathy. One of the worst cases that I've seen. On a scale of one to eight, you're six. Melee went in there. They started giving me medication and started helping. And now I can stand. Now I feel better to walk. I can't take hikes, don't get me wrong. I won't be running miles, but hell, I can work now. And so, you know, and so them doctors finally got on the ball. And that's, you know, anytime I've had six MRIs, I can't even tell you how many times CT scans I had. But, I mean, it, it's amazing. They find that stuff. But then when you go to fight, the verbiage has to be perfect. Yes. And it's a bunch of shit. And, and they do. Like you said earlier, they don't even write down the whole truth of your stuff, which I recently found out, but I, I haven't ever known how to go check it. But somebody looked and we looked up the verbiage. But the stuff that they wrote in my medical records, what transpired in Shreveport, wasn't even... If you put a magic wand on it and sprinkle some fairy dust, you may get the reality out of it. Right. But they, they, they covered their ass with verbiage that it was basically a lie. 
There's, I mean, there's no getting around it. And, uh, frustrating yes I, I mean i'm so pissed off at this whole system yeah yeah and like if, if you go in the first question <laughs> the first question they'll ask you is how are you feeling today well don't tell them you feel good because right then you failed yep that and, and that's amazing but it's in different areas that you go to that's why working with the texas veterans commission they're state-run that money comes in to to our local governments, so that that's why they're w- more willing to fight than most of them. I mean, it's it, it's the truth, and right. but it shouldn't have to be that way. You should be able to file, and if they sit there and they pick up and say, "Oh, presumptive, he has this. He was in the Gulf War. We can prove it." DD two fourteen right here, ledger book. This is where he was located. You're approved. If, if they had diagnosed you with it, you should be automatically approved. But that's, not how, the, that's not how it works. Still got to fight tooth and nail. Hell, it took us from April until October to get her added. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. To, I mean, we sent in the marriage license. Or we, we'd both been married before. We sent in all the information, did everything that they did. It took from april until we just i just got a letter and a a little check from him but it took us six months to get her added as a spouse hi hush sorry (laughs) no it's all right he probably sees a deer well well you know and and that's what's good uh, about the this program because the support group that i have and let me tell you i met all them just like me meeting you right now I yes, mean, uh, I met Stephen, and believe it or not, uh, me and Stephen met actually through a news broadcaster, a guy who was in Desert Storm. And I mean, and, and I, I talk to him all the time. He, he's my buddy. And John, I talk to John all the time. Denise, I talked to her this evening. Jimmy, I talked to him. A lot of the guys that I, I, I want all of us to be connected, all of us to stay in touch and help each other so we can help the other veterans. Yes, sir. And w- on the drive over here and when we were talking, I I didn't get to hear because I asked you to save it for the program, but talk to me about your hospital stay. Uh-huh. I see the her whole... eyes close. Dude, it was... It was a nightmare. Uh, absolute It nightmare. should not... Mm-hmm. It, it started with we're, we're at the feed store working one day and we get a phone she gets a phone call and it's a little scheduler over there at the VA trying to schedule me for a colon or for a colon recession recession surgery yes. and she's like excuse me and the other line rang and I went I went to her desk and sat down and one of my longtime buddies was in the feed store BS and it's the doctor that did the colonoscopy. And he goes, she's on the phone with the VA and I'm on the phone with the VA. And this doctor, he goes, well, uh, unfortunately, I got some bad news. We found cancer. And, you know, I just sit down. It's like somebody take the whole. Right. Took my legs out. From sales, underneath yeah. me. And he tells me, blah, blah. We found two polyps. Um, you got, you have colon cancer. And I'm like, what 
I, I didn't know it at the time, but I get off the phone with her. And at the same time, the other lady's trying to schedule me for a colon recession surgery and telling my wife this. And she, and we didn't even know we'd never heard cancer. Before. Right. The doctor never, we had not gotten the results back from the doctor yet. And the first time we knew something was wrong was when that, that lady called to schedule the surgery. So, and this was in September of 2018. And the next two weeks were just, I mean, I was driving to Shreveport nearly every day doing all these tests, blah, blah. And it's about, about everything was about two week increments, but about two weeks later, this little old girl calls me at the feed store. And she said, Mr. Wilson, we need to get you in to see a uh, pulmonologist. And I said, isn't that a lung doctor? And she goes, yeah. And I kind of chuckled. I was like, honey, you're on the wrong end. My cancer is in my colon. And she goes, it's in your lungs too. Would next Wednesday or Thursday work best for you? And I'm like, what? So I went and did a bunch of te- more tests. Um, they ended up, they t- sent me to take a PET scan, drive back over the street. My truck can drive to the Shreveport VA by itself. I go over there and take this PET scan. And we had a, at our local clinic, my primary care physician, a meeting the next morning already scheduled. And Christina went with me. We go over there and this doctor, um, he walks into the room. We're sitting in there and he's got this piece of paper. I still have it in there. It's a, a computer printout, but he had written notes all the way down. it. Red ink. And he walks, the, he comes into this little thing and he's uh, Mr. Wilson, uh, you don't need an oncologist. You need to go home and have a long talk with your family. You're, and hands the, us the piece of paper. And says the cancer's metastasized. It's throughout your body. She starts just, I mean, I'm in complete shock. She starts, we've been married six months anyway. Right. I was uh, a little emotional. Right. That's what he at. And she asked, him, she asked him how long, and he just kind of shrugs and go, you know, we don't know, weeks to months. Um, blah, blah, blah. We went back for, I went to a, a uh, they wanted to cut one of the lymph nodes out of my neck. And I'm like, absolutely. So we went and scheduled that. And this doctor, um, towards the end of it, he had this big, he was a Cajun. He had this big, booming Cajun voice. I love this guy, man. He was awesome. But at the end of it, he goes, I got to tell you something. And uh, he said, wait till that other doctor leaves the room. The other doctor left the room. And he goes, that ain't cancer. He goes, I, I've made, I've been 20-something years telling men bad news. And you did that. What I took out of your neck is not cancer, sir. And I came home and I was like, I don't know if this guy's for real or not, but that man, he won. I could tell by his body language, his everything that he believed it wasn't cancer. And about two weeks later, um, we get a phone call and it was, I mean, it was, well, you only have colon cancer, which is wonderful news. Don't get me wrong. Right, right, right. But the the six weeks leading up to that, however long the time frame was, was Hell, uh, hell, absolute hell. And, and I actually filed PTSD with the VA for, for all of this treatment. We went to the hospital um, in October of 2018. Uh, go into the surgery. Uh, I wake up the next, I wake up, I'm actually in the recovery room and I start waking up in this dude. I'm in this huge fog and this, I, I, realize that there's somebody next to me and this guy goes he asked his his partner he goes 
does this guy have a birthmark on his arm? And he goes, he looks at me and goes, do you have a birthmark on your arm? And I'm grogging out of it. And I look down my arm and it's like brown underneath the skin. And the nurse goes, holy fuck, his vein blew out. Because he asked me, he said, why are you awake? You know, he's going, why are you awake? Holy shit, his vein blew out. So they pulled the IV out, put it in the other arm. And he says, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to hook you up, brother. And he knocks me back out. Sometime later, I wake up. Um, I don't know then if I was in, I think I was still in the recovery room. I wake up, and there's this big white male nurse, and I'll kick his ass if I ever seen him. I will beat that man. He, uh, I said, guy, I have, I have made a mess of myself. And uh, he comes over and lifts the sheet back. And I, I mean, I had shit myself, whatever it was, just, you know, blood and whatever cleaning my body out. And he goes, yep, you sure have. And pulled this diaper looking just thing out from underneath me and goes, I'll be right back, covers me up, walks out of the room. And I pass back out or do whatever. And it was hours later, I wake up and the shit is dried on my junk. And my, I mean, it's blistered. Oh my me. God. And I, I, when I, I wake back up, my wife had to clean me up. When they finally let, he was in ICU at this point, And when they finally let me come back there to be with him, that was one of the very first things he said to me was, I need your, I need your help. And uh, so we got him cleaned up and I went and after I got him cleaned up and situated, I went and talked to a nurse and it was a, of course, shift change had already happened. So the, the people that were there that morning weren't the ones that left him, but they were just in shock. They were shocked. And of course they were apologizing and, but nobody came in to check on him for another hour. Or so even after I went out there and talked to him. So, and I'll beat that man. If I ever see him on the street, he has an ass with coming. He left me for hours like that. They put us in a room and my, I'm immediate. I'm in constant pain and I'm going, something's wrong. Jimmy. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. And my, um, that was after we got out of ICU. Yeah, I was in my regular room. Well, my gut started swelling up, and it got so distended. It took eight hours to get that morning. I'm going, I need a doctor. Something's wrong inside of me. Something's wrong. It probably took eight hours. I finally, a little old nurse or tech or somebody was walking down the hall, and I'm like, man, come here. You go get me a doctor, right? I don't care what the fuck doctor it is. Go get me a doctor and bring him in here. And this doctor came in, and he wasn't anybody I recognized or had anything to do with. And I told him something. I mean, my gut is blowed up. Like the staples are stretching. They're about to pop out of my gut. And I had already been to the nurse's station. I don't know, five or six times we'd push the button and I started just walking down there and looking somebody in the eye asking for help. And it go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. Okay. So we finally get this doctor in there. My regular doctor comes in. And I think it's evening time. I don't know. And he goes, oh, we need to get some x-rays. They send me upstairs, like two floors up to the x-ray. First off, they don't even have, they had no bedding or anything for her. Um, And she wasn't leaving. She was like, I'm not leaving. They had to borrow sheets and a blanket. And a chair. And a chair from an upstairs floor. It was like the floors were competing against each other. Well, this is our shit, not your shit. We got our sleeping arranged. They about four nurses come in. They throw me on a gurney. They take me up upstairs to this X-ray room. They X-ray me, and this lady comes in afterwards with the wheelchair and goes, 
you need to get in this wheelchair. And I'm like, that, that is freaking impossible, man. I can't get in this wheelchair. And she goes, I said, I need a gurney. They brought me here on a gurney. And she goes, well, I ain't got a gurney. I got a wheelchair. You need to figure out how to get in it. Um, and she went and got another lady and they manhandled me into the wheelchair. We're walking down the hall and this lady pushes me into a corner of the hallway. I'm about this far away from the wall and walks off with another lady talking about the freaking state fair going on in Shreveport and how good the turkey legs were. And I'm saying, I mean, my gut is so swollen up. I'm in so much pain. He's having trouble breathing. But yeah, it was pushing up on my lungs. Um, finally, I hear footsteps behind me and this male doctor comes up behind me and goes, well, where do you belong? And I'm like, I, I don't even know where I belong. And he read my tag and he goes, how long have you been sitting here? And I'm like, I, I don't even know. And I'm livid, you know, I'm pissed. He carried me back down to my room. Um, sometime that evening, these two doctors come in and, and Shreveport, Louisiana uses a bunch of LSU student doctors, which is awesome. I mean, I'm glad they're getting the experience in all this. They came in and they're first, they're first saying, well, we're going to have to cut you back open. Um, something's wrong in your gut. His intestine had swollen to the size of um, my forearm. They brought this little electronic pad in and showed me the, the scan that they had just done on his abdomen. And, and it had swelled to the size of his forearm. I couldn't even believe that's what was going on inside of him. And, and they had said, you know, no fault of theirs. It just happened. But my guts got folded over on themselves. Well, it cuts off the blood and the oxygen to it. And they said, your guts are dying. And that's what that's why they're, they're swelling up. They're uh, bloating. Because they're dead. They're getting no oxygen, no blood. And they said, we're going to have to cut you back open. Um, and we sat there and talked about it. it and I was inclusive in the conversation. Um, of course, I was highly medicated. And they said, well, we could. And I kid you guys not. They went down to the supply room, got some vacuum tube, some lube, some blue tape or some shit, and came back in the room and ran this 5-8 tube up my ass while I'm awake up my ass and tried to get up there to thread and fold the guts over. And it actually worked uh, while it's most humiliating and very painful. I mean, they just cut my fucking guts out. Now they're yeah. in this whole ass. But they hit the sweet spot and folded the first layer of the gut over and the my, the expulsion yeah. this black the most god-awful smelling funk starts pouring out of this i mean shooting out of this hose under pressure and it it was relief i could breathe you know my gut physically went down and you're like oh my god well they asked her to i mean we're in my recovery room they set this shit in the windowsill and just shoved it up my hind um they asked her to hold the trash can there's so much stuff coming out of me they're like oh my god they're freaking out they get her to hold the trash can and catch all this black funky liquid shit and that's the part that they've lied about one of the parts they lied about in the records if you when you read the records oh we we inserted a drain tube left it over 24 hours no they aspirate me with a freaking tube right. with my wife in there and they didn't leave it in as soon as everything stopped flowing they removed the tube there was no letting it drain for 24 hours but that, they had that thing i promise you four feet up inside of me mm. um it did work, 
and it was immediate really i could breathe the pain was going away um i guess you know blood went back to my guts everything starts working so the next day there well you can't leave until you make a you know i had to get up and pee the first time i had to walk and i had to poop um was all the criteria i had to do so the next day at some point um just a, all of a sudden a bowel i mean it's like i have to I got a potty. I got, oh crap. And I'm laying in bed. I have I've barely been on my feet. Well, I got up I made myself towards the bathroom, but I made a mess the whole way. I mean, I right. left whatever that black funk was the whole way. Um, and so there's a shower right there in my bathroom. I turned it on. There's no hot water in our whole wing of that hospital. It was cold water, the whole wing. So I rinsed most of everything off in this cold ass water, come back to bed, start pushing my button, trying to get a nurse up there. This nurse comes in and there's a trail. I mean, it's nasty. It's a, I made a freaking mess. She comes in and she's all, Oh hell no. I ain't clean that up. So she just walks out the door going, Nancy, you're going to have to clean that up. You hear her walking down the hall. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So I said, I need some scrubs because, or a, a gown. Cause I had messed all over that gown. They bring me a gown. I guess my wife must have been sleeping at the time because she had mm. not much sleep right. throughout this whole thing. Anyway, she comes in there in a little bit. They had, they finally got a janitor to come in there and clean the mess up. My wife goes, what's in your pocket? And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And I look down in the breast pocket of this gown. There is a cone from another vet in this pocket that was dirty. I'm like, you sons of bitches gave me a used gown. And we I have pictures of all this stuff. Yes. It was horrible. They're, the whole rest of the stay, they kept they kept asking me. I'm locked up on the side of my bed holding on to it. I mean, I'm just in freaking tremors. And they're like, what? Uh, uh, hey, I hurt. And you son of bitches scared the hell out of me. And this dude treated their doors down all night long. Help me, help me, help me. I had horrible reactions to some of their drugs, nightmares. Um, yes. Oh, my word. It, it was absolutely horrible. They, um, we couldn't get a nurse to come in and help him get up to go to the restroom. And he would get in a bind so often that I would just wash my hands. You keep talking. Use hand sanitizer, put gloves on. I would unhook him from his IV pump take him to the restroom, get him cleaned up, get him back to bed. I would, of course, change gloves, wash hands in between. But um, I would take care of him and then hook him back up to his pump. And then I kid you not, 30 minutes after we're done and settled again, the nurse comes in and says, what y'all need? They were, they were rude. They were uh, disrespectful. And I can't tell you how many times he would push that button and nobody would come. And I would walk down that hallway to those nurses and ask them, please, just somebody come in here and just look at him. Just talk to him. I and it am. would... So terrible. sorry y'all went through that. Terrible. So sorry y'all went through that. I I I don't even know so, what the hell to say. It was so, so we tried talking to some people about this, and we were cautioned to be careful with the pictures that we took. So they they came back and said I had to. Did I have to poop or did I have to eat a solid meal and keep you it? You had down? to eat and not vomit, and then they did also want you to have a bowel movement. So, I think I was there 
on the third day, I'm going. Let me out of here. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going home. I don't yes. care. I'm going home. <coughs> uh, we finally, we ordered some Uber food because, I mean, their food, I'm a Marine. I can eat freaking anything. Their food was <laughs> nasty. Their food was na cold, nasty. Yes. Um, we got some mountain town food. I ate it. And they said, if you keep it down all night uh, against doctor orders, we'll release you. And next at sunrise, I'm up. And I'm hurting, dude. I'm freaking in pain. Yes. I'm packing my shit. And we left. Mm -hmm. Um. I came home and she took way better care of me than they did over there. When I was finally able to go back over there, uh, I think it was three months or so, you know, came home and recovered here at the house. I go back over there to my first appointment and I went to see a, and I'm pissed. I'm pissed of this treatment. This is 2018 and they're treating us like freaking third world citizens. I mean, in the, a VA hospital, no fucking hot water. Are you kidding? No towels, no lint, no clean linens. Oh no yeah, that's bedding. something else. We asked for clean sheets, and she said we're going to have to go to a different floor to get the sheets. Um, and then um, and we had a lady, uh, one lady that ended up helping us and got us clean sheets and clean towels. That lady was an angel. Yes, she, she was. was. An angel on earth. She was, and uh, she's the only one that helped us. So I went. What, however long it goes by, I go back over there. I'm walking on my own, went to the hospital, did my routine thing. And I went downstairs. I'd asking somebody, I'd been asking around, talking, bitching, whining. And somebody said, you need to go see a patient advocate. Right. So I went up there, signed up for patient advocate, sat in line, ridiculous amount of time to get in there. And this dude goes, I start telling him and I start showing him pictures. And he goes, Mr. Wilson, hold on. Let me caution you right now. This is a federal institute, and just the fact that you took pictures in here is against the law. And if you take this against the VA, they will ruin your life. That was that man's word. Yes. He said, I'm going to suggest you go home and forget any of this and don't show anybody those pictures. And I'm like, looking at the dude like, are you serious? And I have his card in my truck. I've saved it to this day. And that he, is, Oh, that's real bullshit. That he, he said... He said, I have a case against, I have a case filed right now against this VA for all the black mold in the duct system. It's throughout this entire hospital. And I filed agreements with them and they're ruining my life. I haven't, uh, I didn't take any pictures and all that stuff. So I left there just absolutely defeated. I have, in, in since then, I have, I can't tell you how many congressmen, governors, Law enforcement officers, I've, I've, I, I called the Texas Rangers. Somebody freaking, this is bullshit. And we still have brothers and sisters in that hospital being treated like this. Yes. And that, you know, that's what pisses me off the, the most. That old, that little old man sitting in there begging for help. And I know now he and was I, being freaking mistreated. I went into his room. I couldn't help myself anymore. I had walked up and down that hallway and, um, all he wanted, all he wanted was something to drink. He just wanted some water. That's it. So I got that. I got that man some water. Oh, I just, I just want I you to know, er, everybody on here is saying you're an amazing woman. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is. I mean, she is. to put up with the VA alone after being in the military, because, I mean, they really don't, when you're in the service, they don't believe in what's called pain medicine. But when you get out to be treated like you are nothing. Dirt I mean, on the bottom exactly. of your shoe. Exactly. You know, now, I, I am noticing Lately, they're starting to hire more veterans, which I think yeah. that's good because veterans help veterans. But it's still, getting better. In 2000, but 2018, it it never should have been like not even close to that. Never. never. No. I mean, it was horrible. I, and it, this is what this frankly pisses me off. I Me mean, too. this is what the whole world needs to understand. When we were over there during the Gulf War, they knew we were what we were exposed to. They know, and I'll probably have a black sedan following my little ass. I don't care. But they knew what Saddam used on us, what the anthrax shot did, what the P-tabs did, to every single one of us out there, or they would not have been following 670,000 troops and sailors, everybody out there. Do you know Jim Brown? Have you ever read any of his stuff? No, 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 no. He's he's a Gulf War activist, and he's got a lot of... I'm friends with him on Facebook, follow his page. He's got a lot of documentation about all the stuff that they released. And one one of his things is... Um, you know, the weapons of mass destruction that we went over there looking for that we told America was not there. Well, they were there. The reason that they couldn't say, yep, there's weapons of mass destruction is because we sold them to Saddam. He was, he was supposedly a, uh, on our payroll to be, to do our deeds over there in the Middle East. Well, he went rogue. Blah, blah, blah. According to all his documentation, he knew we knew where the weapons were cached. And during the air campaign, that was our first strikes. So we blew that shit up. What we didn't consider, we didn't hit it hot enough. And all of the fallout came across that whole freaking desert, especially the southern region. Um, and we, I can't tell you, we had uh, all of our chemical and biological alarms go off. And I mean, you could hear them from the Gulf up to us, getting closer and closer and closer, up to where we went to mop level four. Uh, scariest, you know, scariest freaking eating of my life is that shit going off. And I, I mean, I can remember telling Dylan, dude, I can smell it. I can taste it. I can taste it. Holy shit, we're going to die. We're going to die. Well, they come through an hour later and go, oh, false alarms. And we're like, Our t- the tape turned colors, dude. The we, alarms went off. We got from told the, coast. the same thing. We got told the same thing. Oh, malfunction of the alarms. Uh, all of us. The all whole fucking of us. And, and, and how was that? Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if y'all have listened to any of the programs, but y'all go back and listen to when I talked about the chemicals used out there, mustard gas, serine gas. But what most people don't realize is the square mileage of what we were exposed to 1.3 million square miles 
of yes, toxic chem chemicals. And then it was connected. It was attached to the sand that we kicked up and breathed. And we brought home with us in our freaking duffel bags and in our pockets and all that stuff. Right. And then <clears throat> on top of all that, when you go back and you look and they, they have the chart now of everywhere that was over there, Byran, uh, Jabali, everywhere. But yet, you have to prove you were there even though they got the documentation. Why do yep. y'all think, everybody listening, why do you think the VA has all of our medical stuff from the Gulf War? All your paperwork is, in, is at the VA. It isn't in the archives. Every Desert Storm veteran is at the VA. You have to get all your paperwork at the VA. You know, and ironically, to wait back, back way up, in 1991, I got sick. I was hospitalized. They put me in the VA Shreveport. When we started this stuff um, in 2018, I requested my records from the hospital state. I have all of my hospital records from Good Shepherd, the local hospital. We requested, I went to the VA, go downstairs, and that lady in the record goes, oh, yep. We keep them else place, elsewhere, and I can see yours, and it was in Tennessee or Missouri or someplace. Um, she said, here's your file number. I'll get it for you and mail it to you. And two months later, I got this legal envelope in the mail with a piece of paper that said, blah, 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 no records found. So my entire hospital stay there in 91 is just gone. Are you serious? Magic. Yeah, magically. Yes, Magically. Magically. Exactly. Gone. Exactly. And, and but she said she could see it. She she could see where it was. She knew where to request it from. And when my first hospital stay there in that Shreveport, I don't know how much that I can't remember how much said, but when we went over there, I'd been on a in our local hospital on a Demerol drip that kept me knocked out for I believe it was 12 days. Go to Shreveport. My family came in. I mean, they told my family thought I was dying. My family from Oklahoma drove me in, blah, blah. The next morning, I was on my feet. I was in, I was in a, a civilian hospital for 12 days with undiagnosed. I went to the VA. The next morning, I was on my feet, and they released me. What did they do? Right. What, what, did, they, what did they know? <laughs> right. What? what they know, they know what everything we were exposed to. They know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the truth. And I, if, I mean, if they if, if they were to admit what they did to us, if they would just come out and say they got gas, they got all these, we're responsible, blah blah, it would bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, it would it would bankrupt our federal government, I, I believe, and that's why they want their. They don't give a shit about us. We did their dirty deeds and they're done with us. Yeah. And I mean, no different than what the other guys. I mean, when World War II was over with, them guys came home. They had parades. They took care of them. What went to hell after that? What, what society do we live in that we will help somebody from different countries before we'll help our own vets. Our guys yes, are sleeping in the streets. Our guys, 22 a day, are committing suicide. Yes, our sir. guys are not being cured. What is it going to take? 
I'll tell everybody what it's going to take. It's going to take our voices. It's going to take us to teach the younger generations. They don't teach our war in school like they teach the, the other ones. They don't teach, you know, they'll talk about Vietnam, but they'll talk one-sided. They ain't going to talk about the Agent Orange, what they did during Vietnam to the vets and what all it cost. But here, we're going to talk about it. We're going to start telling everybody we're going to make everything that goes out of, of my mouth, y'all's mouth, everybody's mouth, we're going to make this be heard. And Yes, and to do that, we have to unite and stand together. That's right. Because they're not going to help you individually. They're not going to help me individually. But if we can get enough, a big enough voice, we can at least get on the radar because they're sweeping this underneath the road. Right. And I think, I think my dad was a, a Marine in Vietnam. He did three tours and I was the product of between his second, and third leave. Um, he went back to Vietnam, got blown up. He came home from Vietnam, but he was gone. Right. Um, I never, I never had a dad in my life. I'm not, I never had him in my life. Uh, and he passed away at 54 from cancer, which this is why I joined the Marine Corps. You know, my legacy of my dad, I'm but they screwed those our Vietnam veterans so hard with all the Agent Orange and all the shit, and they got away with it. This is my humble opinion. They got away with it for years and years and years, and they're like, "All right, that worked. We bullshitted America, so we don't have to own this Gulf War syndrome illness either." And I think that that's exactly what they're doing. Right, right. They want. They just want us to go die. Right, and what it's going to take is. You can flood the congressman. It doesn't matter. This what what we're doing now is is not a Democrat, Republican, independent, anything. What this is is we need to get in there, get these guys that's been in there making millions of dollars off of our hard paying tax money. Get and vote their asses out and start putting people in that actually care about this country and, and, and us and even the civilians. And I mean, the spouses, and I'll be honest with you, the spouses don't get enough credit. You're absolutely right. Because they stick with us. They're, they're by our sides. They understand. They cry when we cry. Our, our children, I mean, uh, I have, and I'm telling y'all, I have, to me, the best family. From brother, sister, mom, dad, wife. I, I mean, everybody. I, I have them. And a lot of guys don't. So we need to have each other's back, help each other, talk with each other. And I mean, my family is supporting me 100% and my friends. I mean, not just my military friends, my outside friends, my best friends. Everybody is supporting all this. And that's where we need to be. Everybody's supporting everybody as a country, as a whole, not as a Republican or Democrat. Let's get these veterans off the damn streets. Let's get the help that they need. Let's start funding them a place to freaking sleep. If they can't do it, by golly, Give us the money, the veterans, the money, and we'll go do it. Yes, sir. And that's what, in the last, 
year and a half or whatever, I've been concocting this idea of I, I want to go to the Shreveport VA over there um, and, and just grab a hold of a veteran and go, no, I'm, uh, let me go with you. Let me make sure they're not fucking you over. Let me make sure that they're not going to talk to you the way that some of those people talk to me. Uh, some of the most rude comments, I mean, rolling your, uh, you know, disgusting behavior for any kind of healthcare, but especially our veterans came from the VA. So we have to be, we have to be our own advocate and we have to advocate for our brothers and sisters because we, we got to take care of us because nobody else is our, our government. Damn sure. Isn't Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And a little plug. We started the helping heroes of East Texas Facebook group and we're going out and doing that. We're just, if there's a veteran, a local vet need, We've turned people's electricity back on. We've given them money, food, clothes, um, clothes. right? Transferring them from, or uh, transporting from home to doctor's appointments. We've met some and, and back and being their advocate while we're there. I'm, we got one yes. that we've adopted a little bit, and I'll bet he's recently lost his leg due to uh, I don't diabetes. Yeah. Um, but it's related to his time in the service. Um, That's awesome. Just. Just to go to go and be his eyes and ears and watch his back and take him back home because they're not doing it for us. And they're and then when they, you couple that with the knowledge that I have of how they're and I don't think you know I've people have argued with me and said oh that's impossible that they treated you that way you know this is that's no it's not <laughs> go and with I have me my wife. right go go with me <laughs> you know yeah. how, yes. you know that's what you want to tell them go with me. Listen to him. Yeah. I mean, I would love for the congressman's wife just to act like my wife and go into yeah. the VA with me. And I bet yes, you she'd be like, that's bullshit. Yes, sir. I and mean, I wish one of the congressman's wives would step up and take that project on. Or the congressman themselves. But uh, right. And my brother, my not only was my wife there the entire time, my brother um, came to the VA hospital and stayed with us. So pretty much 100% of the time I had a, fa a loved one right there with me. Um, and, and both of them witnessed it. And they're just, I mean, they're still going, are you serious? Did, we're all three going. Yeah. Did this really just happen? Did that happen that way? Did they do that to us? Yes. And they did. Wow. I work in all animal hospital and we take better care of dogs and cats in that small animal hospital than they take care of the veterans. In Shreveport. Louisiana. In Shreveport. Yeah. Yeah. Because Houston, I, luckily, you know, we're blessed, but I've, I've heard horror stories about other VA hospitals and facilities around the United States. It all needs to change. Yes, it sir. It all needs to be one system that act like it's one system, but it's not one system because one gets treated better than, than the other. And so uh, things, things, they're going to change. If, if, they need to Give us a card and say you're a veteran and let us go out of town and get health care. Yes. Eliminate, eliminate their bullshit government-ran VA system that costs us billions and billions of dollars and is ineffective and does not freaking work. Well, all I can say is, is like, if you, you, you have your regular VA card now, right? Yes, sir. Anytime it's an emergency, don't go there. Go straight to a hospital. 
you you have within 24 to 48 hours to get a hold of the VA and say, hey, I, I went to the hospital and this, this, and this. And, you know, that, that's what I'll do. I mean, ain't no way on God's green earth I'm driving an hour downtown, Houston, to have my ass sit there if I got something seriously wrong with me. I mean, I, I have kidney stones. I pop them out like babies. So no woman in their life's going to ever tell me I don't know what it's like to give birth to, to a child. Because I, if, if it was up to me, there would never be a kid on this planet. But I, I go straight to the hospitals, man. I'm like, whoo. Hey, the biggest one I've had is an inch and a half big. My word. Yes, it ripped up my insides. And and the Navy left it in there. They Oh, it will never move. <laughs> it moved. Wow. I'm sorry. Oh, hey, I'll tell you what. I don't remember much about it. Just it was like two to three months of hell. And I mean. <laughs> I've heard that's the worst pain. Woo. You need to drink more beer. Keep your kidneys flushed out. <laughs> yeah, that's what somebody told me. I think I drink enough. <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know, definitely come Monday. Yes, sir. Both y'all will be there. Yes, and sir. We're going to sit the there and we're going to talk. We're going to be best buddies. And Good. we're gonna we're gonna go over, we're gonna start helping. And right now, you have a lifeline that's listening to you, that's commenting. Every one of these people commenting know what they're doing too. They've been in our shoes, and some of them have helped me out. And I mean, I'm telling you, uh, if you need help and I don't have the answer, I'm going to, to them. And uh, and John probably be my first one, but and then Steven and all them, but these guys will help you. And, and that's what we're going to do. And that's why I ask everybody, you know, like, and share this page, get, get every, not just veteran, get everybody, you know, to start yes, listening. Sir. This is the only way we're going to change things is having people come onto this program and start telling their stories. Because if you don't tell your story, you're not going to get, get help. Nobody is going to care about you except for your family. And that, yes, this, this is where the family starts also. And I and, and go ahead. All of the help that I have received, and it is since I got a hold of it, I'll tell you that lady's name Monday. I got a hold of that lady, and I believe Conroe. She's a vet. She's a Gulf War vet. Um, and she really got it the ball rolling but all the help i've received since then has been from veterans and they may be working in a capacity at the va or the texas veterans commission i believe has been awesome but our it's i get my help from the vets because right. they care they know they've been there they broke they signed the same check i did you know hey and leave no no one gets left behind it should be that way it's and i called a guy out I called a guy out the VA on that, the army guy. Not that his his uh, branch had anything to do with it, but I'm like, brother, did you guys not say don't leave anybody behind? Well, why are you why are you do why are you perpetuating this? Why aren't you helping me? Why won't you stand up and be my freaking voice? And he got sassy with me. Whatever. Well, but, hey. uh, we have to stand together and I, I'll support your page and help you however. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, Count me in. I, right now, my biggest concern is let's start getting the ball rolling for y'all. Yes, sir. You know, you know, a marriage, it, it ain't a you, it's a y'all. Well, yes. in Texas, everybody else, it's you all. <laughs> well, in our marriage, it's not even a y'all, it's a her. It's a her, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, my marriage, too. <laughs> I'll pay for that later. <laughs> See, my wife's at school, so I can say that. <laughs> but hey, thank both of you for coming on. Yes, sir. Thank you. And it's our you. pleasure. Just shoot me a text message after this and tell me what time will be a good time. We're gonna sit down. We'll FaceTime uh, uh, on on the phone and everything. And everybody, you know, thank you for serving. Thank you, everybody who thank you has served this country and loved it as much as I have. And we now have God to bless. Look, yeah. God bless America. You know, and everybody, I, I just highly recommend if, if you can't get help by contacting somebody or contacting us and you need it right then and there, go to your local churches. A church family is just yes, as good as a veteran family. And I, I believe it a hundred percent. I have an awesome church family and, and I, I, I highly recommend each and every person out there get both. And you, you know, and if anybody needs help, Hey, I put my phone number out there. I don't care. You can call me day or night. I, I do not care. I'll be there. And I just like everybody else I know that supports this page is going to be there for y'all. Everything. We'll talk. We'll talk Monday in your church family and in my church family. I apologize for the few choice words I let slip. I no, was trying hey. to. <laughs> <laughs> my church family knows. <laughs> but thank y'all for coming on. Yes, sir. And y'all have a wonderful evening. Yep. And, and you have have a great rest of the Veterans Day, even though it's almost over. But we got a fire, we got a fire and I got cold beer, sir. There you go. There you go. It's been I, my pleasure. Thank, thank you for doing this. Thank yes. y'all. Thank you. I'll very talk to you much. much. Yes, sir. Y'all have a great night. Y'all have Good a great night. Night. Good night. And everybody listen on to Facebook. I'm going to thank each and every one of y'all for y'all support. Remember on Veterans Day, it's about all of us, each and every one of us that served this country. And if anybody needs help or anybody needs anything, email me at kevinsimon at goldforcesideeffects.com. If y'all need anything, I will help the best of my ability, but I do know that there are vets out there that I work with and I am talking to that will help you also. But y'all have a great night and God bless each and every one of y'all. Y'all please go to my website at goal4sideeffects.wordpress.com or email me at kevinsimon at goal4sideeffects.com and please help support this podcast and the veterans by clicking on the link below. Thank you for your support.